0: Hey everyone, this is Samantha with Redefining Caregiving. Today I'm going to try to redefine re- a little bit of uh, caregiving in the way that you start caregiving and the attitude around why you're doing it to begin with. A lot of times we feel like we're sort of forced into caregiving, you know, one of our loved ones becomes ill and in a way we are forced to, we're in a relationship with them, whether it be your child or your husband or your spouse. Or your wife, you know, anybody who you care about needs help and you're going to be there for them. And so that's all great. You know, we jump in with our hearts aching for wanting to help them. That's natural for so many of us. And it's why we we jump in with both feet and just want to be the one to help. Sometimes we want to help, but we don't even know how far that's going to go. And then we kind of get sucked into being the entire person that they rely on. And we wonder how we even got there. You know, if it's your husband, you know, or your spouse, um, you know, or someone that you just really love and that you're in love with and you want to take care of them. You know, we weren't born to be caregivers. We were born to be nurturers, but not caregiving. It's a different, it's a different thing. Caregiving is when you're providing a service where you're taking on the care of someone else's hygiene their health needs, uh, feeding another person, almost like duplicating yourself, but into a different person that you may not even know real well, and then you're, you're supposed to be taking care of them, and maybe that person isn't even able to communicate with you. So it can be a hard thing to navigate, because if you don't know the person you're caring for very well, then you're sort of just guessing at what would be the best for them, and that's all you really can do, but there are some things you can do to make it easier. And I was thinking about today how I was able to care for so many different people throughout my journey and how I did that and thought maybe it would help you if I shared with you how I approached it with each one of the uh, clients that I had. You know, at first I was just going in thinking that everybody needed the same type of things. But I learned very quickly that everyone obviously is different, but I didn't think about the fact that as a caregiver, that these people all wanted to be seen And they all wanted to have their own specific needs met. And in a way, I knew that in general, I'd ask, you know, the family, I'd say, here's a checkoff list. Give me a list of the things you'd like me to do for your your loved one. And, you know, I never even thought to consider talking to the person who was receiving care until I met them. And then they would say they were turned off by a lot of the things I was trying to do, which the family wanted me to do for them. So I, over time, I developed the habit of just, you know, getting the list from the family. And then when I went to see the loved one, I would get to know their personalities. And many times they didn't even want me to do most of what the family did. And and sometimes that became an issue, a conflict of interest. But really, once once I got to know their loved one and they really respected the fact that I was listening to them, the family saw that we had a connection. And most of the time they honored that uh, you know, there's some family members who become very adamant and very dictating and controlling over their their loved one's care. And it's really sad when that happens because what happens is the person who's receiving care is already suffering because they, they need care and they're sad about it. And then their family forces the type of care they don't even want. <clears throat> and I think it's important for us to look at the lifestyle that people had prior to us ne- giving them care and really honoring the person that they were before. They even needed it, you know, and one of the ways you can do that is by sitting down right from the start and having to talk with them and saying, you know, asking them how they feel right from the start. How do you feel about me coming? How do you feel about me being there? And just listen to them. Don't talk and defend yourself or don't just listen. You know, you want to know how they feel because what happens if you understand where they're coming from. That gives you a huge advantage and makes caregiving so much easier for you because you can relate back to the family and they'll actually look at you and understand that you do really care about their loved one right from the start. Also, you're giving feedback to them that they may not have even considered because when there's a relationship between a child and a mother needing care or a father or someone in the family, there's always those triggers. There's always things, uh, emotional things that stir up so much grief within families, and so they don't always respond to each other very well when they try to communicate, but you can come in as a mediator to them, and that feels really good to do that. It feels so rewarding. I had a a daughter who was taking care of her mother, and she had hired me. Well, she was living in an assisted living, and she was like 95, but she was still living there, and you know, the daughter would always come in and sort of judge her. She felt like she was not doing enough to get out of the apartment and all these different things, and almost brought her to tears. And so one day I just asked them, if you guys don't mind, do you mind if I share what, you know, I'll say her name is Betty. Her name was Betty. Um, I always have a lot of Betty stories. There's a lot of Bettys that needed care during that age, that I, like in their 80s and 90s, about, what, 10 years ago. Um, but anyway, she... They both sat down, they were frustrated, and the daughter was telling her mom what to do, and I felt sorry for Betty because she was just sitting there kind of like feeling browbeaten again. And I just looked over and said, "'Do you mind if I share with you?' Uh, what Betty's been sharing with me. And Betty, do you mind if I share? And she, we'd already talked about this before. And she said, yeah, no, I don't, I don't mind. And so as we started sharing and just talking with, without any judgment, with just sharing how Betty felt, her, her daughter had no idea she was feeling that way. And it, it led to a conversation between the two of them. It was a breakthrough moment. And they just both ended up in tears and so relieved. And they said to me, Sam, I feel like we just had a counseling session that changed everything for us. And so I'm just trying to encourage you to maybe not step into that role unless you really feel comfortable, but but the least you could do is actually ask them how they feel about receiving care and we'll back up to that point because when you're getting to know them right from the start, if you come in, could you imagine being in your sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, someone comes in who's in their thirties or forties or even younger and they start telling you to do stuff that doesn't go over well. It just doesn't. Even if you're a professional caregiver there, it, it might help a little bit cause you seem sort of like a doctor to them or something, but be honest with you, you wouldn't like it either. So, um, I'm just saying, if you want to start out on on an easier note, this is not just for them. This is to make caregiving easier for you. So if you sit, if you take the time to ask them how they feel and then let them know right up front that you're not here to change their life, you're there to help. That's it, period. Because that's really what a caregiver is supposed to do. You're just there to help make sure that they're happy, healthy, and do whatever they need. So if there's certain things they won't do, you can say, I have to tell the family, I have to make sure you do those things, but... Other than that, I'm just here for you. You're the one I'm serving. And once you start out on that note right from the start, I will guarantee you that you will have a successful relationship, far better than if you just came in to do your job. And they don't like that feeling. Nobody likes the feeling of showing up to do a job and performing something that they used to do for themselves. It's degrading. It's humiliating. And if you could just try to put yourself in their place, you would understand how that might feel. But if you've ever needed care, you do kind of have a feel for that. So I just wanted to give you guys the encouragement to remember why you're doing it. You're not always going to love the person you care for or feel, you know, compassion even towards them. But that, that's going to be about my next podcast because it's going to be about why you're doing it to begin with. Finding your purpose behind it. A lot of times it's not even based on love. So we'll talk about that on my next episode, but today I just want to encourage you to connect with the person you're caring with on a personal level and, uh, you know, just let them share how they feel and go in, enter caregiving slowly, even if it's one of your loved ones and they're used to doing things themselves. If you come at it saying, no, 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 you can't do that anymore or no, your doctor said no about everything, you know, that's going to be really hard on them. It's also going to be really hard on you because they're just going to resist you more. So make it a slow fade into receiving care from you, and you'll be a lot better off. You'll have far less stress and and pick your battles because unless it's important, especially in the beginning, it's really hard on them. So, okay, I guess that's it for today. I just want to encourage you guys a little bit more today about um, uh, how you can make caregiving easier for both parties involved. And uh, so include yourself in the care you give by including them in the conversation so you start off on the right note. Okay, guys, bye for now.